Now that I have a hard stop before. Yeah. Just no, it should, we, we it won't. shouldn't take. Yeah. Uh, give us a... Eric maybe gave us a 10 minute warning. Yeah. So at like 3.40. Yeah, we're... So no questions ahead of time. This is just raw. Yeah. Filtered. Yeah. Hope I don't freeze up like a deer in the head. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's actually, I should have probably sent you some stuff. That's my bad. But, That's all right. That'll I mean, it's, no, I think it's better when it, the, yeah, it's yeah, 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 definitely. It's all stuff. You, it's in your, before we start. Yeah. So I do want to get into the confidence class a bit and I don't know how many students are, who will watch this. I mean, it's not like a crazy amount are going to take the class who haven't yet. And I know part of the class element is like the surprise factor. So if I asked you about it, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. okay. Uh, we can talk, we can talk as much detail as you want. Okay. And, um, hearing it's one thing, experiencing yeah. it is it's, very different. It's different. As you Dang. understand. Um, talking about summer boating yeah. adventures. That was fun. Preview, yeah. That was yeah. It's coming up, huh? Uh, next Thursday is our final. Wow. Yeah. How are the kids doing? It's beautiful. Yeah, you have a good and group. Emotional, and the stories are fantastic. They're going for it. It's Love fun to it. See. It's I really know. Fun to see. I'm sure it's fun to see different groups come in and each each term. One of my roommates is actually gonna do it on uh, spring term. Next term. Yeah. Who's your roommate? His name's Brayden. As of now, I said maybe. Braden Rice is doing it. Yeah, actually, he's gonna do it. So they're both full. So if he's doing, it, he's in. He's in. He is registered for it. So I'm gonna try to scare the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. Week it, one. If he if he falls through with it, I will make sure to let you know. Oh, um, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> he probably won't want to talk about it. Yeah, I mean this this that this class would be really good for him. Just knowing who he is, I yeah, think it would be super ready. beneficial. Good. Um. Ready? Yeah. We're ready. We're rolling. You're rolling. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we are in season two of Three Broke College Kids now. Uh, we took a little five-month break, and me and Max are excited to be back. Uh, we got a, a very special guest today. I'll let Max introduce him. Yeah, first off, Aiden, it is great to be back. It's an honor. Again. It's an honor. It's been a while, and just to be sitting next to you yep. again, is, I'm grateful for yep. it. Feels good. Uh, today, we have a special guest, as always. His name is Derek Brando. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's we, good to be here. Yeah, we appreciate you being here and taking the time to do this. Uh, Brando is a professor at the University of Oregon uh, in the School of Journalism. So that's how I got connected to him. But first off, how you been? <laughs> I've been well. It's nice to be back in a classroom and yeah. on Zoom. Exactly. Right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so it's great. Like this year has been thrilling to be around real people, having real conversations face to face, not wearing masks. No masks. Yeah. Jeez. So it's, it's kind of hard to have a down day when we get to be like right back in the sweet spot. I love it. Yeah. I'm right there with yeah. you. And I've been trying to get you on for a little while now. A uh, big reason I want to let the people know I wanted to get you on is you're not only just a super kind and personable person, but about a year ago I took a class called Work Confidence with you, which we'll get into shortly, but it had such a profound impact on not only myself, but others. 
And I really thought you sharing kind of your perspective and wisdom to the audience and us and Aiden and Eric who haven't gotten the chance to know you would be really cool. So yeah. once again, thank you for being on. Um, to start, I kind of wanted to bring it back and get into your roots a little bit. All right. Uh, Let's dig deep. We kind of like <laughs> getting a background on uh, our guests to let the audience know who you are. So where do you come from? Um, where did you go to school? Uh, I don't know how you want to start that, but. Yeah, uh, I can just start with like jumping into college. I mean, I graduated uh, in 1992 from uh, high school. I actually went to Jesuit for a couple of years. Jesuit High School? High school? That's, that's where I went. No way. Uh, I might have seen you wearing a Jesuit physical education. Yeah, probably. Uh, sun's out, guns out. Oh, out. yeah. Oh, yeah. One like, of the shows last summer. Yeah. It's like, all right. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. yeah oh, that's lot, funny. I, I, was a, I didn't graduate. I was there my sophomore and junior year, So and, and I just left my senior year. Um, but I was with a group, uh, the last class of all men at Jesuit. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. So, so it's still all guys? Group, yep. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Yep. Um, but it's always fun to connect with folks who have been through that kind of program. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a special program. But uh, Kay, my story is very atypical. First generation college student, came from a mom and dad, very poor, uh, had no experience in college, uh, and didn't even know how to walk with me through what like this world after high school was. It was like, after high school, you can get a job or join the military. That was kind of like the mindset. Um, but neither one of those were good options. So anyway, I took my time getting through college, uh, finding my way, figuring stuff out. So I graduated from high school in 92, and I graduated from Oregon in 2000. 2000. Yeah. Oh. So like eight years of just wandering and being lost and trying to figure stuff out and doing a terrible job <laughs> of it. Um, but ended up coming to Eugene and going to Oregon, and I was at Oregon from 97 to 2000 and graduated from the School of Ed um, here. Um, so I got my degree in education and then took a year off of school. Most people, when they finish like, the school of education, they'll go one more year to become a licensed teacher. Okay. And credit-wise, it's so easy just to get your master's degree. It's like three more credits or something to get your master's degree. Oh, geez. You have to get your license. So everyone just kind of gets their master's degree. But I took a year off because I'm not a normal teacher and I don't fit into the normal public education model, which is the same model in private education as well. It's just like, let's line kids up, the bell rings, let's go to our next class, the bell rings, let's go to lunch, we'll clock in, we'll clock out, we'll do the thing that we're supposed to do, we'll check the box, we'll get the grade, and we'll kind of move on. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't work for me, uh, so much so that I took a year off because I was super disenfranchised by education. I just thought there was so much more uh, around learning. Uh, <laughs> I love telling the story, but at graduation, the what's the quintessential icon of teachers? Hmm. It's a red fruit. Rhymes with bad. Oh, apple. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so at graduation, <laughs> like Jesus. <laughs> uh, so at graduation, they gave everybody graduating an apple, and the idea was to walk across the stage, shake the dean's hand, get your diploma, put this apple in a basket. Um, I ate my apple. <laughs> And walked across the stage and put my core in the basket because, <laughs> like, fuck this. Yeah. This is not working for me. And it's, I know it's not working for students to a large degree. So I took a year off, super disenfranchised, and then realized I want to go. Like, you know, when, when you're, like, 20, 21, like, I can make a difference. I can change the world. So I thought I'm going to go. I'm going to go back, get my graduate degree, get my certification, my master's degree. I became a teacher and I taught first grade in Springfield. 
uh, which is a town just next door to here to Eugene. And then uh, after a couple of years, moved to New York. Uh, lived in Manhattan, lived in West Harlem, and taught fourth grade in West Harlem for a year, wow. which mm. is super What made you want to live in New York? Uh, so my former wife uh, went to grad school there. Okay. So we got married right after we graduated undergrad, kind of worked, and I got through grad school, and then she wanted to go to grad school, so we moved to New York so she could go to grad school. So following the lady? Came. So, yeah, we packed up our, our little family. Jackson's probably my oldest. He was probably maybe three or four at the time, and so the three of us went to New York, and she went to grad school, and um, I taught uh, fourth grade in West Harlem. A classroom of 40, was it 44? Or 45 fourth grade. Jeez. It's, it's like twice as big as what you might find anywhere in Oregon. And oh, yeah. I had, a, I had an 8-year-old and a 13-year-old. That was the span of my fourth graders from 8 years old to 14 or 13 years old. It was it was wild. That's got to be uh, out of control. <laughs> it was. And uh, a lot of it was just like behavior management, which is the case no matter where you go these days. But it was wonderful, and it was, like, at the advent of, like, technology being relatively accessible to students. So, like, podcasting was a th- was starting to become a thing. Like, very infancy. Blogging was at its infancy. And I, and I, um, I was fascinated by that. So I started to leverage blogging as a way to engage fourth graders to give a damn about doing some work. So I did this thing. Uh, I, cr- I did this thing called uh, bridging Manhattans, and I reached out to a school district in Manhattan, Kansas, in Manhattan, um, California, and I connected with the fourth grade teachers there to have our classes be peer classes, leveraging some of the tech available to us. And then I had kids reading books because um, I was going to record them and put them online, doing audio book reports instead of a written book report. <laughs> so they were chomped at the bit to read books because they were going to get they were going to be famous on on the internet. Yeah, it was pretty rad. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a little it, incentive. Totally. Yeah. Yep. So would you say a big reason what inspired you to be a teacher? Uh, did you want to go in and like innovate sort of thing? You didn't really like the original system of how it was being taught. Yeah. So it was one of your things going in, like, hey, I want to do this differently. Is that what kind of motivated you? It's a huge motivation even to this day. Yeah. Uh, and now that I'm at the university, I get to actually flex some of that, which is super fun. Uh, but yeah, it's super broken and messed up. And I wanted to give kids a different experience that was a little bit more real world, like the life that's waiting for us after we graduate, the way the world expects us to engage with each other and engage with problems. So um, I... I was kind of hell-bent on doing that, and then I couldn't do it anymore in West Harlem for, like, some pretty specific reasons, so I left education. Uh, and then I worked for an estate lauder company in New York uh, in a business school that they had. Uh, then when we moved back from New York, I uh, got divorced, which I don't recommend. Uh, it's, like, awful. Uh, so I don't know if, in, if either of you guys come from folks that have, like, split up, but it's or you have friends who have parents that split up. It's awful. Uh, and then just kind of went through this phase of, like, super dark time. Uh, just like brokenness and trying to find my way like financially, socially, like so many reasons why you should just never get divorced. Um, just like the, the brokenness that comes with it. So um, I started working for AT&T because I just needed to get a job anywhere. And it was like, do you know, uh, do you know the story of Harry Potter at all? Yeah, a little, a little, a little bit. Um, there are these like there's these characters in the story called Dementors. Yeah. And they're like the ghost like creatures that guard the prison. And they'll just, like, hover over you and, like, suck the life out of you. <laughs> and they'll create, like, this coldness and you just feel your life leaving you. Well, that was AT&T for me. 
She's like, suck the life of being a uh, necessary evil for a season. But then got this job at the university and started being able to implement some of the stuff. Uh, oh, I, for, I started, I tried to start a company to replace public education, like right before AT&T. Uh, Just to switch up the whole yeah, so process I left, of it. I left the, uh, the Estee Lauder company and then worked on this startup, uh, an edu- sort of an education. We were like, 10 or 15 years ahead of our time. <laughs> so now a lot, like lots of people are doing this distance learning kind of stuff, but it was really more like what we're seeing in a work environment where people are able to work remotely and still solve problems and make cool shit, uh, but it was doing it with high schoolers. Um, anyway, we didn't get funding and daddy needed a paycheck, so I went and worked for AT&T. And then started working at the university uh, after a conversation with a woman named Deb Morrison, who was the head of the ad program here. And yeah. you, you, know, you smile, you know Deb. I know Deb. Yeah. And yeah, I guess that kind of brings me to the confidence class, yeah. which is a really unique class here at the University of Oregon. I'll kind of let you maybe give a background on the class before yeah. I chime in, because I have a lot of good things to say. I'm glad. But how did that whole thing evolve, start? Um, if you want to give a little background on the class itself. I will say Max talked about this class like the very first time he took it and he came back home. He's like, man, it just really changed me. So <laughs> I'm excited to hear about it too. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. And it only works if you show up and do the work. So yeah. I get to create the environment, but you get to do the work. So if you got anything out of it, a majority of that has to do with you. Yeah. Take some courage to do some of the hard stuff. Uh, but yeah, this class called Confidence, uh, Deb Morrison hired me to do this class which is not a normal part of curriculum, like a work confidence class, but her idea was we're going to have this novel experience for students that's going to give them a competitive advantage when they graduate. And when you graduate and leave the university, the incubator that it is, and go to the real world, it's kind of scary out there, and there's a lot of people competing for the job that you want, but if you walk in with confidence, uh, this greater sense uh, of... Uh, your worthiness to be in a space, this greater sense that your voice deserves to be heard and we actually need to hear your voice, uh, this belonging to yourself, no matter where you go every step of the way, you walk with a different swagger and it's not arrogance, uh, it's this, I belong here. Uh, so uh, when Deb hired me, she just said that this is what I want for our students. And she put her hand out and she did this like supple little like drop. It wasn't like a full mic drop, but it was like this like little thing. And uh, I, <laughs> the way I tell the story is I've been in Eugene long enough to speak a little hippie, so I kind of <laughs> knew what she was talking about. Because you know Eugene is where hippies come to die, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, who's the... Walk around. Who's who's the who's the basketball announcer for college basketball that's annoying as hell, but used to play for, like, the Bill Lakers? Walton? Yeah, Bill Walton. Like, I mean... He's he, a character. He's the ultimate hippie, right? And he'll, pro- he'll die here. Yeah. He'll die here. Um, but uh, I said, okay, I think I can do that. Not really knowing, but kind of knowing what she was talking about. She gave me full reign to bring this thing to advertising juniors and seniors. And essentially what we do for 10 straight weeks, and you can attest to this, Max, is for 10 straight weeks, I make people feel really uncomfortable and awkward. Um, Jeez. <laughs> geez, yeah. You're like, are you already sweaty, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so the idea is, especially in the university level, like we can intellectualize philosophize, think about a lot of this stuff, theorize about, read the text and have the conversations. But when you get into the real world, this part of us kicks in, all the feels kick in, and that's a differentiator because we don't usually give you guys an experience to feel all the feels that come with, oh, I know it's going to be hard, I know it's going to be bad days. So uh, week after week, we create this simulation and confidence that allows you to get your thinker working 
but also stirs up the emotional experience, which is a very human experience, right? Uh, so you can sweat through it and be terrified and think, I, I can't do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like pass out. I'm gonna melt into the carpet. People are gonna laugh at me. And it's counterintuitive that when we show up and we lean into this comfort, we have a little bit of trust for the people around us, and we start to learn to trust ourselves. Uh, the very opposite happens of what we expect. We think people are going to run from us, but when we show up and do the hard things, that's what everybody else wishes they could do. People are drawn to us. So that is a game changer. That's confidence, and there's a lot that goes underneath that, which you got to experience. Yeah, it's a mental grind for sure. And like the first class was especially impactful because, like, I heard I was recommended to it. Yeah. Uh, but. I had no idea what it was going to be like, so it's right. kind of like caught off guard. I'm like, I've never taken a class like this before. Like, what do we do? What's going to happen? Yeah, and I instantly noticed that it was very interpersonable. And I think you did a great job of right off the bat, like, connecting yeah. with each and every person. And yeah. it helps that it's a smaller class. Yep. But just having that connection and showing that you cared, hey, this is going to be hard but I'm here for you. You're going to learn a lot. And just really connecting with each and every student yeah. was super uh, helpful for kind of getting me over the hump right. and saying, I'm going to stick with this. Yeah. How large is the class? So 20 people. 20. Uh, and we do two sections every term. So it's 40 kids, 40 kids take it every term. But like, I know your name. Yeah. I use your name. Uh, I see you and you, you, you see me and experience me seeing you and knowing your name, which in a lot of classes, professors don't take the time to know your name. No. Uh, and what's amazing is everybody else in the class sees us having this and I know you and I see you and they see me doing that for everybody and they start to trust too. like, okay, it's my turn's next. He's going to see me. He's going to know my name. He's going to give a damn about me. That is something you don't really get in college too much is like knowing your classmates and the teacher. And so, yeah, that is special. Professors, professors care about our students here and I see it and that's why I love being in this space. And we take it to a we take it to yeah. another level in confidence, right? Yeah. yeah. And I remember you saying that you could take this class or teach this class in kind of any major, right? Because it's not it is geared towards advertising in the journalism school, but I mean you could be in the business school and teach us and it'll be just as valuable for yep. those guys. That's right. I know Deb approached you about it, who is the head of advertising, yeah. correct? She uh, she was. Now she's like a dean of students for the J school. Okay. But why did you both, or why did you personally decide I want to do it in this, in this major? Uh, yeah, so uh, a friend of mine named Mark Lewis taught a version of this class uh, a couple of years before I stepped into it. Um, and, and Mark, he passed away unexpectedly and left kind of a, a hole in the J school because he did this kind of similar thing. And it makes a difference, right? People yeah. connect to this experience in a deeper way than just uh, a class that gives me two credits and I check the box. So um, I knew Mark, I loved Mark, he's a personal friend of mine, um, and just knew who he was and what he brought to the experience. And so that was kind of a thing, that was a thing where I thought, I don't want to be the guy to follow Mark, because he's just like magnanimous human being, but I'll be the guy to follow the person that follows Mark. Uh, but, but, I, but I followed him after a couple years, and I knew what what he brought and I thought I, I could bring my version of that to this thing and I know it's not academia I know it's not research or publication mm -hmm. or this like intellectual theoretical process I can bring the Brando experience and Deb gave me free reign to do it so it's been this constant evolution adapting developing kind of like growing with the times and the social emotional needs that are happening 
Yeah. Yeah. Is that answer the question? A little no, bit? it does yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And I kind of want to bring it back to like the first couple classes to give the audience kind yeah. of idea of how it goes. Yeah. So we got in there and we all introduced ourselves and most people get a lot of nerves and anxiety when you stand up in front of a group of people, sure. which I do want to ask you about why you think that's the case. And every person deals with that kind of, but he's like, all right, think one of the things he tells us to do is think of a story, whatever it may be in your life. Uh, and now you have two minutes, a few minutes to think about it, and I'll get up in front of everyone. Yeah. This first class? Day one. Oh, my so Lord. Week, week, week one, silly week, right? Yeah. You show up to class, professor goes over the syllabus, like, we'll see you next week. Homework due on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, first classes, we do that. But then it's uh, you have a couple minutes to prepare a uh, two-minute presentation on the topic of, answer the question of, this is me. Who am I? Yeah. Who am I? This is me. Which is the easiest question to answer because you're the world's leading expert mm -hmm. on you. Like nobody knows you better than you, right? Uh, but it's terrifying and nerve wracking. And I think you're kind of getting to this like, why is that, right? But we end the class and everybody has two minutes, not a second more, not a second less, to stand in front of 19 of their peers. And I usually have a camera and I film them. Oh and my mic'd up and they have to go for two minutes and it's terrifying and like sometimes you'll run out of things to say yep. like you'll get a mental block and then not only that he critiques you so not week one though week, not week, week one. two we Sorry. dig into it yeah. week one it's like you just gotta survive yeah survive <laughs> you just oh gotta not pass out your pants so i'm sweat like if yeah. i'm wearing a sweatshirt <laughs> and i took that off Wait, so I'd you be get sweating do you, you get time to prepare at all or you yeah a couple minutes a couple, but it's a couple also minutes like nerve-wracking too because some of the stuff he asks you to talk about mm -hmm. is not easy, right? It's not like you're talking about if further into the class. Further into the class, yeah, I guess. Not easy, right? But this, this first one, it's hard because you're terrified. Yes. You're nervous. You're sweating. They say public speak. People are more afraid of death than public speaking, which is or no, people are more afraid of public speaking than they are afraid of death, which is like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so it's hard, and I just let you like sweat through it, and and, and people, people, a couple people will drop after that first class. Really? They're like I. This is too much. That's okay. It's okay. We'll see him back in a in a term or two. Yeah, when you know public speaking's a big part of it the first couple of weeks, but that's not the only. And it's not a public speaking class. It's not a yeah. I should have made that clear. It's because, not a public speaking class. Because uh, people think that, but mm -hmm. all we, all we do is we use public speaking to create a very uncomfortable and awkward experience. Because. I gave you guys some stuff to do to be better presenters and storytellers, but it's really to stir this up right here. Uh, and I give you some stuff to work on to like be better, uh, but it takes the edge off a little bit. But I want you guys to feel like, oh shit, this is so hard. Everyone's staring at me. Everyone's judging me. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna. I don't even. I'm blacking out because I'm so scared. And then after a time, you're still there. You didn't die. No one laughed. No one is judging you. At least not that you know of. And in fact, everyone's supporting you because that's part of the process, right? Yeah. Everybody gets to give feedback at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway. Yeah, it's one of, those, well. one of those things where it's like you got to, in order to come out with growing and as a person, you got to face your fears and go through those experiences. So I think that's one thing that all of us kept in the back of our mind who stayed with it is like. Comfort zone yeah, here and I got to be here. Yeah, you got to get yourself out of your comfort zone to really grow as a person. And most people don't ever do that intentionally. I mean, it yeah. takes a pretty like thoughtful, you know, someone who's willing to go on a 10 day silent retreat. Like that's intention. 
to go on something like that. Max's I, dad did that. I know. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Can I talk about that? No. Um, I might have watched like an episode or two. Oh, no. no we probably talked... You talked probably, about we it? probably talked about it, yeah. Yeah, the the guy with like the Mark Friel, the, the fo- Pac-12 football guy, Mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, my dad went on a like ten day meditation retreat. Yeah, um, that's out of your comfort zone, and you have to be intentional about that. Yeah, stuff. but when you step out there, you start to realize more and more that you can do hard things, and if it's right, you start to line back up with something that's more true about yourself. You start yeah. to like recognize and realign with your values, which, oh man, we need it so bad, or so many of us are so far from our values. Exactly, it really kind of helps you find the value in yourself and discover your identity, but I also think why the class is so important is because like as college students, we're kind of living in a time where there's a lot of stress and you have the pressure of entering a career and you kind of lose track of like what's important yeah. you know that you can really get caught up in that kind of mental state of like shit i don't know what to do right. but if you really understand like yourself and you find confidence within you then that will really help there's a whole forward. there's a whole other thing around performance that we talk about in confidence and i really i really kind of work to assassinate this behavior of performing uh, because, yeah, we see the world with it, like you were saying, Max, and we want to be successful. Uh, we get really good at behaving in a way, like at the end of the day, we want to be accepted, whether it's with our friend group and our families or like the hiring, like the recruiter to hire us for the job. We want to be accepted. And what a lot of us do, myself included for a long time, is we work really hard and we perform and in a way to be acceptable to be worthy of this over here, it is an exhausting pattern of behavior. And I see it in people's faces, term in and term out, when we start talking about how fucking exhausting we are trying to be acceptable in our friend group because we have to wear the right clothes, listen to the right music, be in the right house, drive the right car, go to the right school, have this amount of money, get this internship, whatever it is. And it's not a behavior that's sustainable. What is sustainable is to, and it's hard to do, is stop performing and just be who you are. And there's a, I mean, that's such a big thing to say and like, oh, we get it. And this is the difference. But when we actually try that on, it's terrifying because, oh my gosh, if I'm just going to be like my weird, goofy self, are they going to like me? Like, will I still belong in my friend group? And the truth is, is we don't know. And that uncertainty is terrifying. So we keep performing, keep performing. And if we're lucky, we won't die from exhaustion and something won't hit one of those cards and the house of cards won't fall. If we're unlucky and a bunch of us aren't, something's going to happen and that house of cards is going to fall and now we're stuck with like, who am I? Mm-hmm. I've worked so hard to like create this image that's worthy of friendship and worthy of acceptance and belonging, but it's not belonging. It's fitting in. Mm-hmm. And what we're hungry for is belonging ultimately to ourselves and that's where confidence comes in do can we put the behavior and the performance aside and just sit with myself and like believe i'm okay and more that my voice deserves to be heard i deserve a seat at the table absolutely and you also go into gratitude a bit which really liked Mm -hmm. we're supposed to write three to four letters to important people in your life and then also like someone who serves you 
yeah, that's right. Which is pretty cool. Uh, how many years have you been teaching this? Uh, winter term 2016 is my first term. So what are we? We just finished year seven, moving into year eight. Okay. Uh. So after about eight years of teaching this class, what do you find most gratifying about it? What thrills you about uh, the experience? What thrills me is that I know your name and you know me after all these years and we get to still have a conversation. I love that. And it happens over and over and over again with so many students. Uh, and I think what's really rewarding too is that on sort of a professional level, uh, I've had a handful of students reach back out to me after they've been in their profession, New York, Chicago, Portland, and they've said, hey, Brando, can you come and do a thing for our PR agency or our marketing agency or my dad's finance company? And I get to show up and invest now in them and their cohort as young professionals and emerging leaders. So it's the connection, the connection with people showing up for them, looking them in the eye, like seeing them, mm. believing in them, like going after the bullshit that gets in, in the way of them being their truest version of themselves. So good. Love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Well, well, well said. Uh, another area I kind of wanted to get into, and I think a lot of students will relate to this, uh, including Aiden and Eric, you know, when you're going through college, a lot of people don't know what they want to mm. do, what lies ahead. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah, sure you me, like, I'm I'm like that. I'm in this business degree, yeah, and had so so broad. I have just no idea right. what direction it's going right to turn. Now. Right now, yeah, yeah. right now, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, junior. Okay, yeah, and I'm at Oregon State though. Okay, so yeah, and especially students just graduating, right? They're about to leave school. They've had this structure for twenty plus mm -hmm. years. It's what, frightening. What, how are we gonna do? What are your what is your advice to students in that kind of place of like I don't know what the hell I want to do? Um, what things can you do to kind of help you cope with that? That's a good question, Max. Because it it does tap back into this idea of performing. Because what am I going to do? There's all kinds of inputs that are telling us what we should do to be doing like the right thing or the mm -hmm. acceptable thing or the I'm worthy to still be in my friend group or I'm, I'm worthy to like go home and look at my parents in the eye because I did this thing tied into my major. So we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to perform even still. Uh, and I think one of the greatest things we could do just in life in general, in life, that does transcend to a professional space is just give ourselves a fucking break. Don't feel like you have to rush into an internship or find that job in LA or whatever, or, or even you know, go travel Europe for six months after you graduate. I mean, even there's a sexiness around that. That's what you're supposed to do when you graduate. Um, like a gap year. Because we're so young, too. It's like a lot of people don't find what they love to do. And passion's a big thing, right? In life, finding your passion every once wants to work in something they truly love to do their calling but a lot of people don't ever find that for a long time so like you said i think people should realize you know go travel like if you take a couple years off what yeah. are you what's what are you gonna do you're still 23 yeah. um so i think that's a good way to put it yeah relax well. relax just give uh give yourself permission mm -hmm. to not forge ahead and do something that is like what you're supposed to do i think it goes with the confidence thing because for me, it's like I'll see my friends and they already have an idea. And that's what's kind of scary about not having an idea, I think. 
Yep. So, like, like, oh, really this is point. what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, and if I don't do that, then I'm not stacking up to. I'm behind or, yeah. yeah. I, know, I, I see that a lot too. It's like, I don't know exactly what I want to do. And I see others who have like this passion or they know exactly what they want to do. And that's probably what they're And they've do. known it for years. So it's stressful. Yeah. Like when you just kind of get caught up in a just stressful mental state that's uh, tough to deal with but it's yeah. part of life everyone goes uh, it through is it. It, it is and it's it's e kind of easy to generalize that like it is what it is yeah. uh but the advice would be to uh take some time for yourself to sit with what your values are really understand what your values are and give yourself permission to just live in a space where you don't have to perform for somebody else's acceptance you don't have to perform to fit in but intentionally do things so that you can be which is a little like do things so you can be right. Yeah. Uh, but like make time for yourself to just be comfortable with who you are, understand what's really important and valuable to you, get comfortable with your fucking weirdness and quirkiness that you try to hide a lot so that, cause you friend, you might think your friend think it's weird and then you're not worthy for the friend group, but just like give yourself a break and go where you want to go. Like go on a silent retreat, like go to Europe if you want to go to Europe, but like just reconcile with yourself the bullshit that you carry into and the idea that you think you're supposed to be as an adult. Mm. Yeah. Easy, I, easier said than done. Easier said than done for sure. Another thing I was curious about that I wanted to ask you, I don't know if you have a um, opinion on it, is a lot of people, I feel like we live in a day that where there's a lot of people who don't think college is necessary. Maybe, you know, coming out of high school, they know what they want to do, and they're like, am I going to go pay all this money to get a degree? Yes, it's a safety net. And maybe others, obviously, they can't afford it because it's so damn expensive. Mm -hmm. How important do you think college is for... I, I, it varies. It's a tough question because it, each person has a different yeah. life story and they're yeah. dealing with different things. Yeah. But, you know... And maybe you can't. Oh, how important is college? Yeah, like getting. Do you think it's worth it for? I guess it's yeah. It's hard because each person's different, but yeah. Yeah, I think that if you were going to leave college with a bunch of debt, don't go. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, don't leave college with that. If you if you have a way for college to be paid for, go to college. There's tons of like beneficial things in college. There, I mean, there's the social network that you get to develop. That I, I know that you've had other guests talk about that social network through like Greek life and things like that. That can really carry you through a lifetime a professional lifetime and a social lifetime and there's merit to that right um and on some degree like that's the value of college for a lot of folks <clears throat> if you can come to an experience like this not leave with that and be intentional about like growing finding yourself giving yourself the freedom to explore different things uh and like like find yourself which a lot of people do in some capacity uh, I think there's a lot of value to it. Um, could you graduate from high school if you had your head on straight, which not many kids do when they graduate from high school, right? Uh, but uh, go and find a job or an internship with an organization that ha that's willing to create a space for you and you start working for four years and kind of figuring out the job versus waiting four years and getting the theory of it and then figuring out the job. That person who left high school is so much four years ahead of you. I, then and you'll be working for them even though you're the same age because they've been in it for four years and this is like the theory right but um, if you could find a spot something like that where you could just get into it like you could be pretty far ahead take that money for college and put it into a house yeah yeah were you part of a fraternity I was not no? a part of a fraternity 
uh, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. And again, it, like my parents didn't have that kind of experience. So I didn't really understand what it was or recognize like the pros and cons of something like that. Looking back on it, uh, I might have. I might have. I mean, I, there's lots of things about it that I think are really appealing, uh, I but I was not. How was Oregon in 2000? How did it differ from what it's like today? Same old, pretty much? Uh, yeah, to a large degree. Like, you know, you, you wake up, eat some breakfast, go to class, do your homework, <laughs> go play some uh, Frisbee golf, maybe eat some Newman's Fish and Chips, and uh, have a house party that night. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I mean, in some degrees, it's, it's, it's very similar. Uh, the campus is very different. The EMU is entirely different. Lots of new buildings on campus. Um, you know, but I mean, it's college, right? Yeah. Mm. Just show up, got to do your homework, got to go to class, maybe sleep through a few classes, <laughs> have some friends, have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just a good time. Yeah. Um, so is it worth it? It, it? it depends on if you want to make it worth your while. And it, it takes some thought. It takes some like work to like really maximize mm. that experience. Love it. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think that's all we have. Oh, really good. You. Um, I kind of like to end it with a question. What inspires you every day to, to be your best, to get through the hardships in life? What, what kind of keeps you in check and keeps you going? Yeah, what inspires me? Yeah, um, I love my wife so much. Uh, Amanda inspires me. She's like such a wonderful human being and so brave uh, and a wonderful mother. Um, I love being a dad. It's probably like my top thing in my life. I have four kids. My youngest is a sophomore at Oregon right now. He's a sophomore here? Yeah, Jackson, that four-year-old from New York. He's a sophomore Oh, Oregon wow. Now. Yeah, they grow up so fast. <laughs> <laughs> As you've heard on your show many times. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my Amanda and I have a, a 12 and a 10-year-old in town here, too. So I have three daughters. Um, and, like, uh, I mean, I live. I live for my family. I live to, um, I want them to be proud of me. I want to have a connection with them. I want them, I want to know them. I want them to know me, like, underneath all the bullshit. Um, and then my students, like, I, like I'm not working. I, I, I will not retire. I, when, the day I die is the day I retire. So you see yourself being a teacher till to the end. That's awesome. I mean, as long that is as my, cool. like, like, old hips and knees can get me into the building, <laughs> then, like, I'm here and I'm talking to people like you and you and we're having a real conversation we're connecting and we're like doing something real with our time here together feeds me feeds my soul love it yeah it's good stuff yeah well, i'll take that with me for sure um, awesome. well, thank you so much brando for being here buddy yeah um, thank you and uh yeah the guys season two episode one we're back we're back yeah, can't wait are. to see you guys next and uh yeah thank you all right thanks guys